Today our country faces serious challenges, challenges that require clear, informed thinking, thinking that's outside the box. Your host, Jeff Nyquist. To the ones that wear the uniforms, to the ones that lost their lives, to a nation that's been torn, God hears your painful cries. I will stand with you, my friend, for justice will amend America. Welcome to another edition of Outside the Box with Jeff Nyquist. I'm your host, and uh, this is the program where we think outside the box. As uh, Americans are more and more focused on the domestic issues in the United States, I think it's useful that we not lose sight of what's happening overseas. Uh, we heard that 20 years ago, communism collapsed in Eastern Europe. But now, in my conversations with East Europeans, people from Poland, from, from Russia, from Ukraine, from the Czech Republic and other countries, they're telling the same story. The story is that communism didn't collapse, that Moscow still influences the countries of the former Warsaw Pact, and that Russia is making moves on Europe as a whole. Tonight, my very special guest is Thomas Pompowski. He's a Polish journalist. He's a man who's been active in the politics of Poland, and he's here to tell us about what has really happened in Poland since the fall of communism. It is not what we've been told by the major media. It's a story that will surprise us. We'll be back with our guest after these messages. You're listening to Outside the Box with Jeff Nyquist. WIBG 1020, live, local radio for Atlantic City, Cape May, and all of South Jersey. All right, it was one side kick, they blew it, but the Vikings right there to field it. I think it takes guts to come out like you are doing right now. And if all of us will listen to this station more, I'm just so keyed up about it, we talked about it by the hour. We are going to pursue this until we're satisfied. WIBG 1020, on your radio, online, or on your cellular. WIBG 1020, we're everywhere. As we hear about the advance of socialism here in the United States, it should be no surprise to many of my listeners that socialism didn't really find itself defeated in Eastern Europe, that Moscow and the former communist system remain in control behind the scenes. And uh, this is the program where we think outside the box. I'm your host, Jeff Nyquist, and tonight we have a very special guest, Thomas Pompowski. He's a Polish journalist. So let's welcome to the show Thomas Pompowski. Uh, nice to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's It's been interesting uh, to watch events in Eastern Europe from the United States in recent years, and we had some good news a couple of years ago, and you spoke positively on the show about developments in Poland, and, and now it seems that uh, uh, that much that was achieved then has been reversed. Maybe you could tell our listeners what's been happening in Poland yeah, uh, it's been reversed. It's true. Uh, number Reason number one is a lost battle about the missile defense system. This was the key which uh, could strengthen our independence of, of Russia, of course. 
Russian influences are very strong in Poland and because of the Russian interest, which may be natural um, because Russia has been, been involved in this country for almost uh, 40 or uh, 50 years. Uh, we borders with uh, one of the regions of Russia, which is uh, Kaliningrad, and this is one of the militarized, the most militarized region in this part of the world. Uh, and also in the region where there are very unsafe nuclear uh, nuclear energy plants. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, Russia is increasing influence here in Poland. And we've been observing that for last couple of months. Uh, the example is a battle about the Polish minority in Belarusia. And everybody knows that the Belarusian president is a puppet of, of Kremlin. Mm-hmm. And is being used sometimes as a healing factor, sometimes as a irritating factor. And now he's being used as an irritating factor to meddle in, in our uh, internal relations and to irritate Polish politicians and Poles uh, who are really uh, concerned about the Polish minority in Belarusia, which is supporting independence movement inside of Belarusia which is also preserving uh, cultural heritage and trying to do some good there. But uh, it's being prevented now. Do the Russians play a divide-and-conquer game with the different ethnic groups in Eastern Europe? Uh, that That's true. Yes, that's true. They, um, they started, uh, it's the obvious uh, example, is of course Georgia, when they were dividing these nations uh, for uh, a couple of years, giving them uh, in South Ossetia Russian passports and making them Russian citizens. I heard that in eastern Ukraine there are some uh, rumors that Russia will do the same now in the Ukraine and in Poland. Uh, it's not on Polish territory because they cannot uh, openly attack Poland because we are inside of NATO. But they can affect the situation of Polish uh, minority in uh, Belarus, as I said. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to this uh a quashing of the defensive missile positions in Poland. Uh, what, what really shocked some of us here in the United States was the planned announcement by President Obama of the uh, yanking of the defensive positions, uh, the canceling of the whole project on September 17th. Uh, September 17th is a, a very special day in Polish history. It's the day that Stalin invaded Poland in 1939. And... Yeah. Um, it's just of all the days of the calendar, you know, why pick this date? And was this date picked intentionally by the president or was it pushed on him by the Russians or somebody? Why was this date picked and how did the people in Poland react to the timing of this announcement? Well, th- there were some uh, some some rumors that uh, somebody in State Department wanted to irritate Poland, but uh, our president was there later, like a week after it happened, uh, and he said that it was by mistake. So apparently, the uh, Obama administration people did not check historical calendar; they didn't know really what happened on September 17th. So I can I can believe in that. But it was shocking, yes, it was shocking uh, announcement because uh, when General Malan was, Admiral Malan was here 
months before, it didn't look like that the Obama administration will drop this project. But I tell you, Jeff, uh, we followed, I mean, those journalists who are interested in this matter, followed the discussion in Congress. And what was shocking to me was that the Republicans, uh, I mean, mostly John McCain, unfortunately, were at the side of Obama in Congress. The transcript of the discussions looked like that only some minority of Republicans really were for that. So that was very shocking for us. We hoped that the uh, signed declaration, it was only declaration, it was not a legal agreement, but declaration of the United States to um, cooperate with Poland will somehow oblige them to follow that. But uh, but it was not the case. And uh, and we knew also that uh, that there were many mistakes made by our government. The uh, right conservative party, Joe Law and Justice, uh, was really for that. And the civic platform uh, was not really for that. And uh, they were looking at what Europe will, will say, and they were giving so-called free hand to President Obama, unfortunately. Do you think that Russian influences economic or political or even perhaps agents of influence within the Polish political structures and the American political structures helped to cause this breakdown in the uh, project? Well, I can only talk about my suspicions, yes. Uh, I think that there were some signs uh, that somebody wanted to disrupt it. Uh, One of them was uh, an article in Washington Post published when President Bush was trying to finalize this agreement. A really shocking article uh, saying that the technology is not ready and it should be tested, the money is, is being wasted for that. And it was like somebody wanted to blow it up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the behavior of some of our officials were also very suspicious. And uh, I'm sorry to say our then Minister of Foreign Affairs was uh, also not really instrumental in making that agreement. And then one of the here newspapers, similar to American New York Times in the political spectrum, uh, was saying that it's a threat for Russia. So even the, before Russia started to say that it was really a threat, there were here some people saying that uh, that it's a, it's a Russian threat. Then they were uh, also criticizing this uh, installation from the position that it will prevent building of the, of the airport, which was nonsense because nobody was thinking about building and nobody now even thinks about uh, building an airport in, the, in that area. And then they were trying to say that uh, it will somehow affect the people around. Then they were demanding from United States gifts like building some infrastructure here or, or even supporting of Polish army. And then they were saying that it's not for the, for against uh, against Iran because Iran is not a threat, but it's it's against Russia. So such articles and some individuals were working in the interest of Russia. Hmm. It is uh, difficult to attempt to understand what the Russians are doing in the sense that what specific strategy they're following because they play with the cards close to them. They don't let anyone see what they're really up to. We had the revelation here a couple of weeks ago 
from uh, former uh, U.S. Treasury Secretary Paulson's memoirs that the Russians had approached the Chinese at the Olympics in Beijing in 2008 with a proposal to pull all the GSEs, to pull all these investments, um, I think more than $65 billion out of Fannie and Freddie here in the U.S., right when the U.S. financial system was teetering over the, uh, the collapse of the, the housing market. Uh, this was an outright economic attack or attempted economic attack on the United States, which coincided, by the way, with the invasion of Georgia. Uh, Paulson found out that the Russian approach was around, uh, as I recall, August 7th, and I think that the invasion of Georgia took place on August 8th. So it's mm-hmm. it's like trying to understand what the Russians conceive what what they what their their idea of managing Poland of managing uh, Ukraine uh, Georgia the Baltic states it's sometimes hard especially for an American to to imagine what their goals are and what they're after um, do the do the people in Poland uh, have they been alarmed at President Medvedev's announcement of Russian rearmament and the Russians talking openly about uh, deploying more tanks and missiles and new generations of weapons. Does this, does this bother people in Eastern Europe? Well, it does, um, but uh, most of the Polish media, unfortunately, uh, are trying to deflate the air from this uh, really important uh, balloon which Russia is blowing. And it's a threat, but Polish media is not reporting on that. Everybody knows that Russia is a threat, uh, even though there is now a trend uh, to presenting Russia as a friend. Mm-hmm. And in my my opinion, uh, Russia is perfect KGB state. It's been for for years, and it's it's now uh, even more. So that means that they are strategically planning every move. Everything what they are saying, everything what they are investing in, everything they are trying to achieve has a plan which is being slowly fulfilled. And I don't believe that uh, that Russia will resign. They have resources, they have sleeping agents around the world, and they can really fulfill their, their goal, which is Leninism around the world, unlimited goal. Mm-hmm. So... Russia is a strategic threat, and for Poland, but this government, unfortunately, they don't see that. Now, yesterday, there was an information that during the NATO exercises in the Polish territory, meaning Polish army was making exercise with some other armies, it was not revealed which army, Mm -hmm. apparently spying plane appeared over the, the area, and now it's been slowly revealed that it was Russian plane. Hmm. So uh, the, the case is in, in under investigation in the Polish parliament. Uh, I think it's a scandal. Another one, uh, Polish intelligence discovered GRU agent posing as a manager of the company cooperating with the railways. Mm-hmm. It's been a uh, sleeping agent naturalized, well, illegal agent mm-hmm. working inside of Warsaw, inside of Poland for several years. You know, I, from watching everything that's happening, it's coming into focus for me that the Russians understand information warfare, understand psychological manipulation better than anyone, and that they have developed methods from the time of the, the early Cold War on 
for guiding political events, for planting ideas as if they were planting seeds in the minds of politicians, in the minds of intellectuals, that they have various mechanisms for distributing their ideas and getting them to become the prevailing ideas of the time. Whether it's in Poland or Germany or the U.S., it's very difficult to find a major situation in which ideas that are convenient for Moscow aren't somehow suspiciously prevailing. And I talked to a friend who was formerly with the CIA and uh, now is a is an advisor to the U.S. Congress about this. And, and, you know, he just wants to say that everything that's happening is just, we're just sort of spontaneously stupid. That all of these mm. ideas that sort of sabotage America's strategic position, or or in this case, sabotages Poland's strategic position, just sort of spontaneously occur to us. But I think whenever nonsense is promoted on a wide scale across the band, and people are followers, even intellectuals are followers, and they tend to get on the bandwagon and they don't want to be left out, and, and, you know, people, it's the crowd psychology thing that Gustav Laban, the famous scientist over a hundred years ago, wrote about in his book, The Crowd. Right. That people, people aren't as smart when they want to be part of the in-group. And so, somehow, the Russians have mastered this, how to create a bandwagon, how to create an idea and have everybody jump on it without anybody taking the time to say, look, this doesn't make sense. Why are we all doing this? Why are we all for this? You know, why do we all believe in global warming? Mm-hmm. You know, I got this paper from a German friend. This German researcher shows that Andropov cooked up the idea. His people cooked up global warming decades ago. Mm-hmm. Could it be that, of course, they don't want it traced back to them? But look at the billions of dollars lost in Western economies because of belief that um, carbon footprints create this havoc in the environment. And then you, you go to the Strategic Defense Initiative. Why is it when the United States has the technology to develop strategic defenses that every time we, we seem to get some kind of strategic defense or viable system, suddenly everybody says, ah, oh, it's no good, we got to get rid of it, it doesn't work, or a newspaper article will, will appear in a major paper saying, oh, no, the technology isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. I have talked to people, the technology is there. And weapons have even been deployed and then taken out of deployment. And you you think, why is this happening? And one thing, we have a strategic posture review in the United States. Mm -hmm. There's a paper on it. And I am told that the strategic posture of the United States as published is basically just smoke and mirrors. That the strategic posture of the United States is really one that invites a first strike by Russia and even China and that leaders of the U.S. government are fixated on this stupid idea of eliminating nuclear weapons across the globe and for America to be the country that sets the example. Yeah, the elimination of the nuclear weapons reminds me of a very famous essay by Vladimir Bukowski, the Russian writer and dissident, mm-hmm. who years ago wrote explaining that Russians want to make Westerners busy with talking and uh, with negotiations on details and to not think strategically. And uh, they also are using different TV shows just to make people stupid and also to prevent them from watching the real world. And what you are saying about technology, there's a lot of this propaganda here in different papers, in military papers, popular science papers, explaining that this is only like Star Wars during President Reagan years. Of course it was not true, but nobody had time or could answer those lies, and we've been trying to provide people with information. 
but it's really, really difficult. Yes, Russia flooding world with, with a lot of trash and with a lot of stupid ideas. As you said about global warming, I remember that in school I learned about global cooling and they were the same arguments. Plus they were saying about the lack of ozone atmosphere and we had special devices to have an ozone in the boxes and they were supposed to help us because of that lack of ozone in the atmosphere. And uh, there were many, many trends which were supposed to fool the uh, the scientists in, in the West. But at that time, I think there was a difference. There were majority of scientists who really believed in the truth and the lie. And there was clear border between those areas. Mm-hmm. And now you hardly find in the official position people who admit to that. They are forced to talk in this political correctness language, and they cannot really uh, convey their ideas. I interviewed one American official who, just off the record, told me that he cannot talk straight because he has to use this language, otherwise he will be fired from the position. And then he shared with me uh, his convictions, and I was really shocked. His views were very similar to mine. But to keep this position, he had to talk really generally, and he couldn't uh, really share with readers anything substantial. Thomas Sowell, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a professor here. He's written on economic subjects. Yeah, his columns are great, and uh, I read his books. Uh, they're published also in Poland here. Uh, he's got a new book uh, out called Intellectuals in Society that came out last year. Right. And uh, he made an interesting observation, a series of observations in the book. I'm only about halfway through it now. And one of the things he says in the book is that we have this body of knowledge and we have specialists in different areas. But when it comes to general ideas, there is this sort of uh, intellectual culture that believes quite absurd things and imposes those things with the sort of authority of these experts behind it, uh, imposes it on various uh, uh, fields, whether it's uh, law or the economy or government or foreign policy or military policy, and so that we have this progressive advance of a kind of nonsense thinking that's accepted as expert thinking, and that anybody who has common sense and a decent education looks at it and thinks, this emperor is naked, as in the Hans Christian Andersen story of the the emperor's new clothes, uh, where he's told that he's wearing these invisible garments that, you know, stupid people can't see them, but but everyone who's smart knows that he's wearing them, and they're they're very beautiful. And and we're really caught in in this right now. Uh, All of Western civilization seems deluded and somehow out of its mind. Yeah, yeah, he's really right that we lost this uh, general picture. And I think that one reason is what I'm seeing now in Poland is that uh, people do not care about morals and values anymore, like during Solidarity Times. I was a child at that time, but I remember that uh, very well, that uh, people really cared for that. And, you know, uh, just now it's being released in the United States a new movie called Nine Days We Changed the World. And this is the movie which is talking about 1979, Poland creating solidarity movement. And much more important than, I, I want to stress, than Valencia strikes and everything which American people would associate with solidarity. 
creating insights of solidarity, a movement to really come back to to the Bible, come back to the uh, to the Christianity, and really seek God and understand what is right and what is wrong, because communists would blur this on television, in media, in books, everywhere they could. And John Paul II came, and people understood that the strength of the morals and strength of the consciousness, and most important strength coming from the cross. Yes, indeed. It just reminds me, on every issue across the board, the more I see, the more I'm convinced that the collapse of Christianity in the, the breadth of its influence and the depth of its influence on the life of the family, of the life of the individual, that this decline is fundamentally at the bottom of the catastrophe of Western society. And when you, when you see the broken homes, you see the narcissistic children, you see the drug use, uh, the petty thieving, the, uh, people who are completely maladjusted and, and unready for life, uh, depressed and, uh, and confused, you realize at that point that it is a spiritual crisis that we're in. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And uh, I, I read something very interesting. I, I, I read a, uh, a piece about infidelity recently, mm. and it, it was written by a psychologist, and the psychologist was not making a moral condemnation. He, he said there are people who believe that marriage is a sacred bond of two people that are mm-hmm. that become one. And then there's others that see uh, marriage or romance as a game. To, to get what they want out of another person. And, uh, and, and it was, what was remarkable to me was that the psychologist writing this was saying, well, well, you know, both are valid. You know, either one will work. Mm. And, um, if we carry that to politics, a politician can either see his duty as a sacred honor and duty to his country and the people that he is serving because so many people can be hurt or die, not just a, a, a few dozen, but hundreds or thousands or millions could die from a politician being corrupt or bad or making the wrong decision. How much greater a sacred bond that is, and yet we find politicians corrupt, stupid, inattentive, um, all kinds of problems, and we find it too in the economy, businessmen willing to do business in ways that hurt their country, that aren't in the long run in the interest of even their own uh, economic well-being, but they do it because it's an opportunity in the moment. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's, it's really like that, as you're saying, that they lost the vision and we don't longer have any uh, politicians like President Ronald Reagan, those who are really, you know, faithful. Yeah. Well, Mar- Margaret Thatcher comes to mind. Exactly, yes, yeah. and Margaret Thatcher as well, yes. I don't know uh, what the state of, of religion is. I know in, in Europe it's it's quite low in France and Britain and Germany. Uh, what is the state of religious observance in Poland right now? Uh, it was a revival uh, in 1989, 1990, but it lasted for a couple of years, and then everything went down. And then it was revival when John Paul II was dying. There were a couple of weeks when people were really together and praying on the streets. It was quite incredible. Well, at that time, I was in Rome. I saw it only on television. Uh, but uh, people were telling me, my parents, my colleagues, my friends, it was really something incredible. 
what was happening here in Poland, but it was only feelings. And uh, we need the missionaries, I have to say. We need really missionaries who will come here and will bring Christ again to Poland. Because uh, here the church is really compromised, and uh, it's been compromised by communists in cooperation with the secret police, of course, behind those people. So they are very afraid to turn back and look at what they left behind. Mm -hmm. And the demoralization is quite high. I tell you, a couple of weeks ago, I was on the meeting, ecumenical meeting. It was supposed to be a prayer meeting. There were high officials from all of the churches, evangelical, Protestant, Orthodox, Catholic, and what have you. And there was a dining room, a lot of fancy food, and drinks, and of course some alcohol. And there were speeches, but no prayer. Nobody really even made the sign of the cross. And there were bishops, and there was no prayer at all. I was uh, there as a translator. But that was really interesting for me that that they were talking about their, uh, about Christianity, but they never prayed, even short prayer. So uh, we lost the value of prayer, we lost the value of studying the Bible, we lost the value of relationship, close relationship with God. There are small uh, renewal community, Catholic communities and Protestant communities, but this is a huge minority. The role of Christianity is diminished. It's been like that for for a couple of years, but now it's it's stronger and stronger. That light lightization of the Polish public life has been seen, and elites are of course glad of that. But slowly, unfortunately, many people are getting used to that situation. And and if you want to look uh, for Christian nation, uh, the closest Christian nation, I believe it's in the United States. Well, it's, it's certainly been changing in the United States quite a bit the last uh, 20 years, especially the last 10 years. Um, uh, we have uh, a softening of religious belief, that is, people still going to churches, but what the churches are teaching and and what is actually being done in them is is something that would not have been accepted as Christianity 50 years ago. Um, this is uh, this is a very subtle change, and um, I, I'm not sure how to account for all of it. But I think that there's a there's a cultural factor here. We have been in this comfortable consumer society so long that that there you know the, you probably heard the statement um, uh, God made man in His image, and we've been trying to return the favor ever since. And now that we are soft <laughs> consumers and and very and becoming increasingly liberal, we want to make a God in a liberal consumerist image, and we want to sort of market God, where the churches have become businesses that are competing with the other entertainment industries and the other things that exist in the United States. I have to say that it's been a negative development just from that, let alone the influence of Marxism in our uh, our theological seminaries. That people who are taught theology here in this country get exposed to Marxism. I don't know how many people are aware of that and how left wing, you know, just, it's not just in the universities here. Uh, maybe, uh, in Poland, it's hard for people in your country to understand because communism or Marxism is something that if somebody went to the university and believed in it, uh, maybe they were defective or maybe they were a rat or an opportunist. But here in the United States, when people go to the university, they're exposed to Marxism and leftism, and our universities are sanctuaries for the far left. 
and for even communism. And so that uh, we've literally bred an elite in this country that whether they realize it or not consciously, many of them are following Marxist principles because that's what they learned in school. Um, I've never been to school in one of these European schools. I see some of the same things when I talk to French or British or German intellectuals, but but in, in countries that were in the former Soviet empire, I hear a different version of how education went. We have a serious communist problem here in the United States. We have a president right now, President Obama, who had as a mentor a communist party member, Frank David Marshall, who told him when he went to school to go hang out with the Marxist professors. Yes, I know. And so this intellectual influence in our society reaches into politics, reaches into the bureaucracy, reaches into books and magazines, and certainly influences major newspapers and the uh, major television. Uh, You know, if it wasn't for Fox News, I think you'd have to say all of the the major news outlets have some degree or other of leftward tilt. And, of course, the public really is very dependent now that we now live in a post-literate society where people watch TV and listen to the radio and use the Internet, where people don't read books. They're not that well-informed. They get a soundbite, and that's the information they get. And I just wonder to what extent some of the changes in faith and religion in, in Poland have some of the greatest changes are when Poland opened a bit to the West and you had all these these media messages from the West that in their own way are kind of poisonous. Uh, Jeff, it's very similar in, in Poland and the readership of the books uh, is is decreasing from uh, year to year. Uh, the average poll... Uh, read one book per year, or maybe even less. Hmm. And this is this is number one. Number two, uh, television and the choice of the television is so huge that everybody is watching this stuff. And uh, and television is a soap. It's really a soap. And we have very similar uh, networks, like you have ABC and CNBC. Some of them are translated into Polish. We don't have, unfortunately, Fox, and this is one of the reasons why conservatives and people who think differently are very weak, uh, because nobody managed to create such medium. And even it was impossible from unknown reasons for me uh, to bring Fox here for even in English. There was a time that Fox was here, and I believe... Uh, this is one of the factors where, why uh, Poland supported uh, Iraq operation because many people watched freely on satellite. Fox, not CNN, not BBC, but Fox, and uh, listened to uncensored statements of the American politicians at that time, president and others. And uh, I believe this was a factor why, why Polish uh, society supported Iraq uh, operation. But uh, if it's uh, about Marxism, I'm sorry to say that we have also uh, now Marxism coming back to Polish universities in different forms. Don't don't forget that most of those professors had their education during the communist times. Mm -hmm. They didn't disappear. They didn't took their backpacks and whatever and left in 1989. No, they've been training new professors, new people infecting them and uh, it's been seen that the product of a Polish university is somebody who is not creative, who is difficult for him to think 
And we have so-called private universities, which is even worse because those professors have no time to to study with students because they're making money. So there's no quality time for students. It's even worse in the uh, in the lower education. We are talking to Polish journalist Thomas Pompowski. Uh, it's very interesting how things have developed in Poland since the fall of communism and... Uh, We've discovered here that uh, communism hasn't really gone away and Moscow's influence over Poland has not. I am Jeff Nyquist, and we will be back to talk about Polish society and the church after these messages. You're listening to Outside the Box with Jeff Nyquist. Some radio stations are just noise and chatter. WIBG 1020 AM is radio with a passion and purpose. From early in the morning to Grossman Afternoons, Chuck Fetson Sports Saturdays, and Dan Klein South Jersey Insider. WIBG 1020, the area's first choice, plugging you into life. And we're back. This is Outside the Box. I'm Jeff Nyquist, and with me is Polish journalist Thomas Pompowski. We are talking to him from Poland, discussing the church, its influence on politics and society in Poland, and the way that communism has continued to endure beneath the surface of this former communist country. You know, this issue of Christianity is very intriguing to me, and, and of course we look at, at church statistics here in the United States. We've seen the biggest drop in church attendance mm-hmm. here in the last decade. I think it's fallen below 30% now, and people think of America as a very Christian country, and it's really changed tremendously. I just can't emphasize that. But, uh, Thomas, could you comment further on the state of Christianity in Poland? Yes, I uh, I wanted to tell uh, something very important about the moral condition of Polish society. There's been a process called lustration going on for years in Poland. It means that officials, uh, those people who are in the uh, state and the local office, the government and state uh, institutions, are obliged to open their communist secret police files and they are going through the process of being checked and if they will uh, lie uh, they will lose their post and they will be punished with 10 years prohibition to participate actively in public life meaning they cannot be elected to any state uh, position Uh, let's uh and, you know, this issue of lustration, purifying, once a, a society becomes filled with communists and the things that communists do, purifying that society of them because they're a, a kind of semi-underground organization, revolutionary uh, religion almost to begin with, getting rid of them is very difficult, rooting them out, preventing them from performing the function that in every country they perform is very difficult. Yes, the uh, law... It's not perfect um, because uh, it, it, it forces somebody who is accusing the person to prove the documents are true and, you know, are original. And it's been in many cases that the secret police would come to the court and would say, no, it's not original, it's a copy, or we were playing games, and it's not valid. So only few persons were really sentenced by the illustration court. And this situation, it's terrible in that sense. So the communist secret police have purposely muddied the waters 
people who are perfectly innocent could be exposed as uh, working for the secret police, as well as people who are guilty, and that there's no sure way to tell the difference. And uh, when they are so adept at manipulating and coordinating uh, political moves and provocations, this preserves their power, especially when they held power in a country for, for almost half a century. Right, right. Polish people, the majority would say that they expected that the Polish church, Catholic church, clergy, will go clear with the illustration even in the 90s after changes. It didn't happen. Uh, it started to happen after John Paul II died. And now uh, it's been published. One of the solidarity chaplains, Father Isakowicz Zaleski, who's been persecuted by the, the secret police during the 80s, being badly burned and beaten up, almost uh, killed. But he was a very brave priest. Uh, he suffered also from a church at that time because the uh, Catholic Church was divided and most of the Solidarity chaplains were suffering, number one, from the side of the Polish Catholic Church and then from the secret police. And there were some exposures. The Archbishop of Warsaw has been exposed now many people are saying that it was not true, denying that he cooperated. But uh, Father Isakowicz Zaleski wrote a book in which he documented cooperation of several priests and five bishops. Hmm. Three of them at that time when they were cooperating were not bishops yet, are now in the post. Mm-hmm. But those priests and also these bishops being approached by the Father Isakowicz Zaleski before he published his book, and he wanted from them their own opinion. And he was turned down, sometimes dramatically, by most of the people. Some of them wrote that uh, they were not harming anybody. But the book, it's very important that the book was written uh, that way, that he exposed those priests, but he also wrote what good they have done to the Polish people. Polish church created committees on the diocese level, but most of those committees would say after a few years that they didn't found anything. So now nobody's interest is to expose the church. And unfortunately, truth and justice politicians, so the conservative, the closest who would like to share the view that the Catholic Church should be clear, they're saying that if we expose those clergy, who will remain? So the situation is terrible. We know that the cooperation affected many, many people. Well, you know, they say the truth will set us free, and uh, confession is good for the soul. Yeah. And uh, from from what you described before, it it seems that the the communist secret police have muddied the waters because a person could be accused of collaborating with the secret police when they were innocent, mm-hmm. and they could be accused when they're guilty, and there's no way to tell the two apart. And then you've got these institutions like the church, where there was extensive cooperation going on. But the admitting it seems to be more damaging or people are more afraid of the truth than perhaps they should be. And so it remains hidden. It remains buried. Yeah, this is this is absolutely true because uh, many priests, many bishops are saying that you have to tell the truth in love. And I don't see any other form that Father Isakovich Zaleski did. Telling the, the truth, you're finding the facts about the, what they really, they've done good and what they did the wrong. Yeah, would you say the church is kind of poisoned by all this now? That it's, has it turned people against the church? 
Yes, yes, and this is about uh, the Catholic Church and also, uh, which is very minority, but also important minority. The Protestant Church as well, the Lutherans, the Evangelicals. So if you go to church, uh, you really don't know with whom you are meeting. And of course, we hear this about the church in China today, that uh, ministers in Chinese uh, uh, lay leaders in the in the Christian community are in fact being pressured by the government in Beijing, just as they were pressured in Romania and they were pressured in Poland and in Russia. In fact, I, I talked to a, a Catholic who was telling me just a few weeks ago that in Russia, the Catholic Church is being pressured by the FSB today to reveal what they are told in confession wow. by their parishioners. And this is something that's that's known throughout the church uh, hierarchy here in the U.S. of those who have communications with the Catholic priests in Russia. Think about the violation that that represents, the kind of violation that took place in Poland for decades by the secret police. Something like this just can't be healed easily. I mean, it almost just takes a genius to figure out how to get around it. Well, uh, it's it takes a genius, that's, that's true, but I think it really takes a serious Bible study that people would understand what's really is at stake. Also, it's at stake a history because we are living this whole history as a lie. We have heroes which are not heroes, and we may have a people who are close to, to God, and they fought for values, so they are forgotten. And it takes really a Bible study, it takes prayer, and that's why I said good missionaries who will come here and change the situation and come with the truth. Two, three years ago you were on the the show and you spoke positively about the Polish regime and some of the leaders there that, that they were going to do something positive and we saw what uh, what um, Mazarevich did getting Galitzin published in Polish mm-hmm. uh, writing an introduction to it you know these various uh, you know fighting solidarity little victories is there an easy way to explain what happened what, why it didn't ultimately pan out why it all kind of caved in yeah, uh, well, it's not easy way to explain. Number one, I want to say that I'm not seeing people around the president as an angels and people in government as evil people. I, I don't see anybody as an evil. I'm just analyzing what they are doing. And there were a couple of things which government make good, this government, and there were a couple of things which president make good. And the president, Kaczynski, I think he has a consistent view of Poland and has a vision for Poland. And there are some factors which prevent him from developing that vision. There's some kind of hidden pressure placed on him? Yes, I believe uh, that there are some hidden pressures. And I believe that he didn't get a good, a good advisors, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, and he didn't he didn't get a people who uh, would freely discuss the ideas. This is my uh, my view. You know, this is a problem of the system, problem of political parties. We still have a major problem in Poland is that we still have this Leninist party, the first secretary, the political bureau, and the members, and it didn't change. The whole structure is like that. You have the soldiers, you have the command and control system, and somewhere on the top, the leader. And there is a regime. Is it democratic centralism all over again? (laughs) Well, it's almost the same. It's been always like that for, for the whole time. That's why we need to change of electoral law. 
You know, the most important people who have the major power in Poland are not the president, not even prime minister, but the leader of political parties, because they have a privilege to create the lists for the elections, and they are choosing the candidates for which people are voting. So the parliament is is virtually hand-picked by this method. Yes, exactly. And the worst is that they are not accountable because they rule as a coalition. So the most of the time they are creating the coalition and, you know, making disagreements and so on. They rule for some time, then they change ministers, they change the whole program, and they hardly achieve anything. And this government, unfortunately, is an example that they promised a lot and they do nothing hoping to be elected next election because they didn't change anything and people like when, you know, nothing changes. Is it possible that uh, the Polish government slipped out from under Moscow's thumb just ever so briefly and that Moscow just simply reasserted itself and got everybody back into alignment, that that explains why Antony Mazarevich was able to get away with what he did? Well, to update you about the situation... On Saturday, Marshal of the Parliament said that uh, because lawyers are saying that uh, people accused in this document are not punished by the courts, making them innocent. So those people will pay price for that. He didn't explain what, what he meant by that. But it may be some kind of revenge on the horizon. Mm-hmm. But yes, I believe Russia, and I have to again tell you that Russia is really strong and influential in an invisible way and invisible way. In Warsaw, they have their huge area, uh, the huge portion of land uh, neighboring with the Ministry of Defense, and they are not far from the Polish parliament. So it's a very good position and very expensive land. And they have a lot of officials in, in employed in this embassy. And they're again trying to meddle in our relations. I give you an example now. Maybe you know that the Polish Prime Minister was invited by Putin to uh, commemorate the anniversary of uh, Polish officer being slain by KGB in Katyn. Mm-hmm. Your um, audience, I, I'm sure that they've heard that name Katyn. Mm-hmm. But it's not only Katyn. Uh, there are other places in Ukraine and and also uh, most importantly, on the Arctic Sea, where thousands of Polish military officers were massacred by the yes. Soviet army yes. after the defeat of Poland in 1939. Yes, more than 30,000. And uh, actually, there were elites, and uh, it was intentional killing to prevent uh, Poland to be restored because those people were able to create society, to recreate society. Polish university professors, doctors, I know lawyers and the clergy. The natural leaders of the society. Exactly. So Putin uh, invited um, Polish Prime Minister for this uh, commemoration and there were discussions whether uh, Polish Prime Minister should agree for this invitation. I don't know what I would react on, on telephone. I'll probably turn it down. But he received it. And now a uh, Polish president uh, said that he sent a letter to the to the Russian embassy asking for the permission to go to Katyn. And recently, uh, Ambassador of Russia, Grinin, here in Warsaw, told Polish journalists that uh, he didn't receive any letter. I cannot 
it, I'm, I'm talking about my impression. It was intentional mm-hmm. insult to the Polish people. And uh, Mr. Grinin is a, is a very trained guy. He is a former intelligence person, so right. he is really smart. You know, being smart doesn't stop the Russians from insulting you, and uh, and it and it shows how high-handed the Russians are in regarding Poland. And it, it's a dark mark on Poland's future that the Russians can play this game, and it makes us wonder where all this is headed. I mean, Poland has lost some of the strengths that it had in the past. I mean, communism seems to sap the lifeblood of any country that it controls. It saps the institutions. It weakens the church. It weakens the community. It weakens the will of the individual to oppose the state. Um, so so where is Poland heading? Where where are we going with all this? For Poland and Europe and America, all of us, where, where is this going? Well, communists are still there, but in different form. They are in business. They are in banks. They are in... Media, uh, private media are under control of the former communists or people who were involved in, in, in the communist party because they were business people during the 80s and who could be a businessman uh, when private property is prohibited and you couldn't even uh, change really your work without the permission of the director. Everybody was controlled. So uh, those people are still there. Vladimir Bukowski wrote a very interesting book comparing Soviet Union to European Union. So people are thinking whether European Union is really a organization which is being created by the West and why uh, it does remind of Soviet Union in some ways, like uh, you've got central planning, you've got a political center now being formed in Brussels, you've got even single currency. And, uh, well, very soon we will have this transferable currency. Uh, I believe uh, it's going to that, that like you have, you had in Soviet Union ruble and then transferable ruble. And in China, you've got renminbi and then you've got yuan. So this is the model which are going to keep people under control. I think the whole system is going uh, that way in that direction. Unfortunately, uh, the whole uh, idea which was supposed to be only economic system now it's becoming a one European state which is uh, not what people even here expected. Well I want to thank you Thomas Pompowski for joining us Thank you very much uh, Jeff. I really uh, value your uh, your programs I appreciate your columns and I have to tell you I, I've got major of education uh, in in the politics and and also in in that way of thinking, reading your columns on the financial sense, and also on your great website. And I appreciate your guests and uh, your programs. I uh, made friends with some people like Michael Panzner, who is part of my uh, well bank website. I'm working now for the uh, for the website, which is analyzing financial. Events. It's called Observator Finansowy. Uh, it's under auspices of National Bank of Poland. So I'm really appreciating your input. Um, appreciate, I appreciate your book you send me, uh, and, uh, and uh, it's, it's 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 great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read it twice, and I gave it to somebody in Ukraine, and and they are enjoying that. So thank you, thank you very much for for having me. Oh well, very good. It's been very good to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeff. 
You're listening to Outside the Box with Jeff Nyquist. On air or online, we're Life Radio 1020 WIBG. Christian news talk with purpose and passion from early in the morning. Now in life, you're allowed to support whoever you want, but in partisan politics, there are rules. To Grossman Afternoons. Someone suspects they're an illegal immigrant. The cop is more afraid of arresting them than of letting them go. Chuck Betson Sports Saturdays. That's how you're battling it. Yeah, not, I like that. We're not going to ignore it. And Dan Klein, South Jersey Insider. I think that's more than reasonable. I certainly, you know, we're talking about 12 $12 million here. I don't think any reasonable person would blame you one bit. WIBG 1020, the area's first choice, plugging you into life. I'd like to remind the listeners to visit my website at jrnyquist.com. It's jrnyquist.com. I encourage all the readers to go there. There's lots of information on my website. It's a great resource. You can also access all my columns on Financial Sense, my past columns at WorldNet Daily and SierraTimes.com and other Internet publications, and I hope you'll visit it. For those Americans that have been patient enough to listen to this program, to hear out Thomas Pompowski, a Polish journalist who has been covering the story of Poland's transition from communism through the last 20 years to the position it is now, still under the influence of former communist structures, still under the pall of Moscow, still suffering slights and intimidation, and all of Europe being sucked into this this Russian scheme for for socialization, which the Europeans seem blind to where they're headed, all of this should give Americans pause. This change, this subtle socialism, this creeping communism, isn't simply the formula for Europe, or even the formula for Eastern Europe, where the communists had embedded themselves to begin with. It's also the formula for what's happening today in the United States, my friends, our education system in the United States has been, to a large degree, Sovietized. We've had Marxism given to our children for a generation. We have Marxism taught in the schools. We have professors like Ward Churchill out there indoctrinating impressionable young minds. Our churches, too, have been infiltrated at the level of the seminaries, at the level of the leadership of the churches, by leftists, by communists, by people under the influence of Marxist doctrine. Do you think that any of the things that have happened in Poland are unique to Poland? Or unique to Russia? These things, this scourge, this communism, this socialism is spreading everywhere at all times through all the institutions. It's being promoted and its cancerous growth continues. What we see in America today, with all of the political events that are occurring, are linked to this. And if we have been patient enough to listen to the voices from Eastern Europe, we can hear a warning for ourselves. It is not too late. It is never too late. But it is important that we understand and know what is happening. I am Jeff Nyquist. This has been Outside the Box. I hope you will join us for another program at the same time next week. God bless. America.